it's really hard to leave a place that feels like heaven for your animals. To go back to a space where we were literally in the woods, the sun hardly shone through, you know, the property that we had. And there were many beautiful things about where we lived in Chicago. I think understanding you can thrive in all places and spaces when you have the right tools, the right faith, et cetera. But it is also true that there are going to be certain places and certain spaces where you're even more alive and more aligned with the people around you. Welcome to Women Who Podcast. My name is Alison Fraser, and we have a great conversation in store for you today. I have the joy of bringing to you a chat with Kat Coldwell-Myers, host of the Adventure Paradox podcast. Women Who Podcast is a podcast for women with something to say, but who struggle with time, tech, and the confidence in themselves to press record. This podcast features women who are doing it their way to show you what is possible when you ignore your inner critic. In today's podcast, you're going to hear how Kat's Adventure Paradox came about, how it's evolved over the past year, plus how she took her family and almost all her pets on a 6,000-mile odyssey across the United States. Kat also asks me questions, which I love because I'm literally bursting with thoughts and ideas, so sharing them in this way is always fun for me. Now, I've got some fun things in store for 2024, including interviews with podcasting experts and a masterclass within the Women Who Podcast membership in how to make the most of editing software Descript. If you want to give Descript a try, you can get an hour's transcription for free a month, so that's no commitment. A link to Descript is in the show notes. You can do a paid plan, and if you do, then I'll get a little kickback, which is at no extra cost to you. I've been using Descript for over a year on the pay plan, and I'm getting so much from it. If you want to learn more about that masterclass, then please join my news list. I'll give you the date and how you can join in. Now, this episode is slightly longer than normal. I'm experimenting with how long my episode should be. I'd love your feedback on that. Everything we reference is in the show notes, so let's dive in now. Welcome to Women Who Podcast, Kat Goldberg-Myers from the Adventure Paradox Podcast. So welcome on, Kat. Oh, thank you, Alison. It's so good to be here. Adventure Paradox. What does that actually mean? Yeah, so the Adventure Paradox, I think all of us have an adventure inside of us. Uh, we have ones that we've already taken. We have ones that we're thinking about taking someday in the future, maybe a bucket list. But then we have the adventure that we're in today, the adventure of life right now. And often that is the paradox. The reason that we don't take that adventure of the future or we don't take those adventures that we took in the past, it's the paradox. It's everything that's going on in your life right now, which if we go deeper into the work, I refer to as your haul because we're all hauling something. <laughs> so yeah, the paradox is essentially why we don't take the adventure and then also what happens when we do because it's both. What was the inspiration to this podcast? Well, that's a great question. And honestly, Kathy Heller, who I think we both know, was the inspiration to pick up the microphone and start talking about and sharing this message that was coming through for me. And, you know, honestly, at the time that I launched the podcast, my podcast was launched December 22nd, 2022. 
And when it was launched, it was originally called Horses, Mountains, and Dogs. Now, it was called Horses, Mountains, and Dogs can translate into any language. You can do three emojis, right? Because those are the three things that really light me up. And they're by no means exclusive. I love cats, too. I love beach, etc. But those three things I recognize on my deathbed. If you bring in an image of a horse or I can see mountains outside or a dog jumps up on my bed, they will still lift me up and bring me joy. And so much of what Kathy talks about is we need more people who light up the world, right? What are the things that really make you come alive? So when I launched the podcast, I was talking a lot about that. And I was also talking about with my interviewees, what are your big three? Like, what are the three things that light you up? And as I do the work of the adventure paradox, and I'll explain why we, we retitled in a moment, essentially those three things, most likely, and it could be four, it could be two, it could be one, they are going to help you design your adventure. They are also going to dictate the adventure that you're living right now. Wow. I can so, just picture, yeah, horses, mountains, and dogs. Yeah. You can have an adventure riding horses with mountains as your scenery. Totally. That's that's me. And so that's why my blog, which you see here, <laughs> which is called The Adventure Paradox, and the subtitle is How to Haul It All, Go Big, and Go Home in Your Relationships. And if you can see the picture, you see that that's me in the mountains petting one of my horses. In this photo, this photo is a little over five years ago, 2018, I was a postpartum mama. I had a six-month-old baby, a two-year-old toddler. I already had three horses and a dog and a cat who I left at home. But we embarked on this huge, epic adventure from Chicago to Idaho, where we, where we lived before we lived in Chicago. It was this 6,000-mile odyssey, and I said I would write a book about it. But for about a year, I could hardly talk about it. And so in the pandemic, I sat down and I wrote that book for an hour a day. But it wasn't until I started working with Kathy and started doing the podcast that the real message in that book, the real story came through in the editing process. So it's an adventure story. It's the story of what happened, right? Why we went, what I was going through. So many people are struggling with some sort of depression or, you know, and hauling all of those babies along with me, right? Four-legged, what was going on with me emotionally, et cetera. And then what were the things that came up and how did we have to pull on our faith, on our resilience and get gritty to walk through all the different things that God put before us? It was really empowering. So the most empowering part of it, though, was as I was writing the epilogue, I recognized, Allison, that the power is always in the next chapter. It's not about the story of whatever happened to us five years ago, 15 years ago, 50 years ago. It's actually about who we are now and where we want to go and who we want to become. Those are so powerful words, yeah, because we can get so caught up living in the past. Can you tell us then the story of the name change for your podcast? So the name change was essentially just aligning and streamlining my business, recognizing the adventure paradox is the name of my book. I'm going to rebrand my podcast, also the adventure paradox and my signature course, which is coming out in 2024, 
also the adventure paradox. That way I don't have horses, mountains, and dogs, adventure paradox, you know, all of these different things going on, just streamlining. Hmm. Yeah, well, I recently rebranded my podcast and when you do change something and it does feel so much more in alignment, I think you get that even bigger burst of energy to keep going forward. Yeah. And I think some of it is the simplicity, right? So I'm sure you went through, because we all went through a lot of different ideas for your initial podcast, right? You went through mm-hmm. so many different names and asked so many different people. I know I did and pretty common for us, right? But I remember one of the ones that I looked up was something to the effect of a lot going on, right? (laughs) There are like five or six podcasts with that name, by the way, including some rap song and all of these other things. So I recognized a lot going on is not the right name for the podcast and doesn't like, but it gave me a little bit of a sense of humor and understanding about what what's actually going on when we set that title. And the importance of the title and the simplicity of it, especially when people are trying to find us. Yeah, names names are so important. And yeah, so if you are going to launch your podcast in 2024 and you still haven't worked on that, worked out a name, open up your podcast app, type in a name that you're thinking about and see if it already exists. Yeah, I mean, it could be as simple as horses, mountains and dogs. Oh, my. <laughs> Just get started. I've been toying with doing a podcast series about ice cream because me and one of my good friends, we just love ice cream. We could talk about it all day. And so I opened up my podcast app and typed in just the words ice cream. And there was a podcast with the name ice cream. It had no episodes, but it, you know, people can, you know, name your podcast absolutely anything. Well, it's the other interesting thing, though, I think about the podcast space is that, and the statistics may have changed, but when I was in my podcasting course to launch last fall, it was something like 80% of podcasts end around episode seven on average, which means a lot of people, they just register the name and they never even began. And so I'm on episode 67, 68, 69, somewhere around there. And the reality is it's practice right? Because life is going to come up. And this is where when it's aligned with your business and you know, right now I'm promoting the book and talking about the book and I'm promoting my course and so on. And then the podcast is also the same title, right? It all comes together as the same theme of who you are, what you are working on, what your message is to share right now. And that's what's going to keep us going on those days where we're like, ah, I don't have time to download it on Buzzsprout. Why isn't it uploading? You know, like that's what's going to keep us going. Yeah, I think we all have topics that we are passionate about. And you mentioned your book was about going from Chicago to Idaho and you had three horses. And how many dogs did you say you took with you? One dog. One dog. And you left your poor cats at home. That poor cat. I mean, with the guns, I'm a cat person, so I feel for the cats. Um, but that must have been such, I can't even think of the word to describe it. Like, it's enough when you're doing a big road trip with kids, but when you add in animals as well, it, it's a whole new level of intensity. How was that? <laughs> well, I, I recommend you read the book to really understand how that was. <laughs> um. And I will say something that's come through, which is very interesting. I'm also a cat person. Uh, 
I, I've been joking lately, cats were like my gateway drug to animals. <laughs> but part of leaving Apollo, who's our cat, he's still with us at home, was that traveling with cats, they hate travel. They really do. Now, he traveled with us this past summer in the Dream Horse trailer, which, again, you have to read the story to understand what happens when you start to understand what you would really need to be able to take care of everyone. And again, what it feels like to not step into that and be in this space of, you know, one of us could sleep in the trailer, has a camper in it, a bed, right? But not all of us could sleep there. So another person sleeping over at this house and they have the car, so this person can't get anywhere. And then the animals are over here because this is where the pasture is, but the dog's not allowed there. So he's staying at this place. You know, it was just so many moving parts and understanding people come first, right? Like they're the priority, then your animals. But our biggest challenges, Allison, actually came down to equipment when things started to fail. And I won't get into all of the stories, but you couldn't believe what happened and who literally showed up in the middle of the desert to help us after we got the call that it would take three hours. I mean, just these miraculous stories that don't happen if we don't actually do the thing, if we don't actually embark on the adventure, regardless of our circumstances. And there were so many people who were against me doing it. They were worried about the children. They were worried about my sanity. They were worried, you know, so many things. And it was really interesting because for me, not understanding why I felt the need to do the thing, right? But starting to see that the stars were aligning for us to take this journey. And then even as we began having all of these moments of maybe this is too much for us and we should turn back, like we're at our limit. And what does that look like? Because then eventually you get to that place where you're far enough out and we, we returned to Chicago, right? But like, what was that arc about to really understand what it was all about? And I joked in the book, I said, if we hadn't left the cat at home, maybe we never would have gone back, right? But the reality was, and I didn't understand this until later, you know, the energetic blueprint of different animals is very different. If you're a cat person, Cats, in some ways, are homebodies. I don't know if you have an indoor-outdoor kitty or just indoor. They're, in New Zealand, they're predominantly outdoor cats. Ours is an okay. outdoor cat, yeah. Okay. But they like to be around your home base, mm -hmm. right? They don't like to, like, take a trip to the horse show. They want to stay at the barn, right? And so wherever your home is, a cat really helps you anchor and ground in your home. And so this was part of my epiphany with this second journey when we did it the right way and we actually recognized we want to raise our children in the mountains. We're mountain people. We do not want to raise our children in the suburbs of Chicago, even if all of our relatives live here. We love our family, but we need to flip our lifestyle and priorities to raise the children and ourselves. This is our motherhood and our parenthood too, right? In the space and the place where we're most alive. And I promised our horses, I said, I will never take you back here and make you leave again. So they're back in their original pasture with 20 acres and seasonal stream. And, you know, we're back in the mountains. It's really hard to leave a place that feels like heaven for your animals to go back to a space where we were literally in the woods, the sun hardly shone through, you know, the property that we had. And there were many beautiful things about 
where we lived in Chicago. I think understanding you can thrive in all places and spaces when you have the right tools, the right faith, et cetera. But it is also true that there are going to be certain places and certain spaces where you're even more alive and more aligned with the people around you, the things you're talking about, the things you're prioritizing, the things that are important to you are going to be different in a community that you're really aligned in versus a community where you're finding alignment, but you're having to work really hard to find it. Mm. Oh, there's just so many, so many things to talk about there, but but you reminded me, um, we're actually going on a big trip next year, me and my son. Um, I'm taking him out of school for a term. Ooh. So we're going, we're going from New Zealand to Europe for, for a couple of months. And Amazing. Yeah, that's going to be an adventure. We're going to leave, we're leaving the cat behind with my husband. That's yeah. just going to be a mum and son trip. But yeah, my cat doesn't even like going to the vets five minutes drive away like she hates being in the car so I couldn't imagine her being on a 6,000 mile journey across the United States well and, and I will say so with Apollo you know our dream horse trailer is 42 feet long okay so four horses in the back and then the front of it is what's called a living quarters and so there are bunk beds for the children you know there's a bathroom there's a kitchen there's bed for mom and dad there's a kitchen area there's a lot of space right probably 22 feet of it, I would say, maybe even 30 feet of it is, is actually for the human and the cat. <laughs> we really brought the big trailer for the cat because what was amazing is at first he was very stressed out, like he would be going to the vet. And we asked our vet for some medication to maybe help him fall asleep, you know, and, and mostly that was so he could sleep at night, to be honest. I knew if, if he needs to meow as we're driving along, we're going to let him do that, but I want to make sure he sleeps at night. But the other thing that I got is something, I believe it's called fell away, but it's, it's some sort of, are you familiar with it? It's like yeah. An oil. Yeah. That when they smell it in their environment, it gives their brain a sense of comfort and familiarity. And to understand that it's working for them, they'll rub up. They have all of these little uh, glands on their lips. And so when they rub up on like a couch or when they rub up on you, what they're saying is, I love you. I'm comfortable with you. Life is good. And so I had one of those $30. I plugged it in, you know, for 30 days. And within two or three days, he had cottoned on to the whole experience, understood it was his home, understood he had lots of huge picture windows to look out of and that this was going to be it. And that the world outside was a little bit scary. And we did have some runaway adventures, by the way. <laughs> and for the summer, as I was rebranding the podcast, my husband and I, we did what we called RV 101, 102, 103, where we talked about our experience of living with the cat and the dog. And now we have four horses. We have three horses and a pony, our two small children <laughs> for 40 days road tripping across the country. Wow. So yeah. those would be good episodes for people thinking of an RV adventure to, to listen up to eight for travelers. But I think so much of it is like, starting from the ground up because at the end of the day whatever your adventure is if you haven't gotten enough sleep and i feel like cats are the best sleep teachers that's why home is so important because cats sleep 16 to 18 hours a day but they're not going to sleep if they don't feel safe this is why they go to safe spaces they go into the barn the feral kitties too right they find a home that is safe and humans have done great jobs of building these nice big homes right 
and around the homes they are safe. So it was really fascinating to recognize as long as we had a home where everybody could have their needs met, we were going to be okay. And that was going to stabilize and anchor us through the entire journey. Yeah, cats are a good, I think, a good indicator of safe spaces. I can guarantee where my cat is at any time of the day because I know where she sleeps, like when she's inside and have a rough idea of where to find her outside because whenever she comes in, she's always covered in like leaf litter mm-hmm. where she's been, where she's been uh, hanging out in a, under a bush all day. Yeah, I do think. And, you know, we were, we were going to maybe talk about this because it is the holidays and a lot mm-hmm. of people are probably talking about getting their child a kitten or a puppy or a pony. And all I want for Christmas is a pony, right? <laughs> but I feel like when we're working with real animals and if we were blessed to have parents who gave us real animals that we grew up with, right? And this is less and less common, by the way. You know, the the pet industry in America is a $136 billion industry. So we do love our pets and we do spend a lot of money on them. And the reality is, if you start surveying people, especially in urban areas and asking, do you have animals? Did your grandparents have animals? Did you grow up with animals? Statistically, and 100 years ago, we all had horses to get anywhere, right? It was 1922 that there were more cars than horses. That was the year on our streets, right? So that was only a hundred years ago. So that means if we go back generationally, our grandparents understood real life, real animals, real grit, real things that happened and had ways of processing real things. You know, your vet is not in charge of whether or not something happens to your animal, right? Of course, there's always going to be that weird story of, well, they are in this situation. Okay, that's not what I'm going for here. (laughs) What I'm really talking about, and you you mentioned that you have indoor outdoor kitties, and and we do too, or mostly outdoor kitties for yours, and yeah. mostly you know where they are and that they're safe. But the flip side is, things happen, traumas happen, accidents happen. You know, I was working with a lady this weekend who lost her cat so traumatically that she has not been in adulthood ever able to receive an animal as her own. It always has to be someone else's. She'll get them for her kids. She'll adopt her husband's pet when they get married, but it's not really hers. She has this separation. So I feel like when we start working with animals and really opening up our heart to what they have available to us, the lessons that they have to teach us, the love, right? And you know what? None of them, except for that fish you were talking about, (laughs) is likely to outlive us. Unless you're working with elephants and turtles, But cats, dogs, horses, you're probably talking about a lifespan of somewhere between 7 to 37, 40 years, best case. Horses can live a long time if they're well taken care of. So this is where I feel like, you know, to talk about that and talk about with our children these opportunities to talk about real life, real care of animals, because it becomes a reflection of, are we caring for ourselves? Are we getting enough sleep? Are we getting enough cuddles, right? Are we getting enough exercise? Are we getting the right kind of food or are we getting too many treats, you know? Like, how do we care for others as a reflection of how we're caring for ourselves and our own mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual needs? 
Yeah. So holidays, people do think about getting pets. You know, I know kids seem to want puppies or kittens. And there's a, in New Zealand, there seems to be, well, there are a lot of rescue animals, but then there are also a lot of that mixed breed, but that, you know, the like the cavoodles, the designer dogs. I know someone who spent an absolute fortune on a, a puppy, but that dog, she, the dog's now two years old and brings her so much joy and it is like a substitute child. For a lot of people, pets are their babies. And that was my experience. I, I had horses, a cat and a dog, actually, before I had a child of my own. So they had sort of groomed me, no pun intended, <laughs> to be a certain kind of mother and have a certain kind of responsibility. I'll never forget, though, someone saying to me, well, I understand motherhood. I have two dogs. And he's like, yeah, OK, listen, if you want to go to the movies, <laughs> you can put them in a crate, right? Or you can leave them home and go to the movie. If I want to go to the movies, I need to get a babysitter. Unless I want to bring the baby with me. And then the entire experience of bringing a baby into a movie theater and it, it's making noise or bopping and everyone's flaring at you, you know, or someone else is wanting to touch your baby and now you're passing the baby down the end. I mean, there are so many ways to parent. And so this was for me understanding there are so many ways to train a dog. There are so many ways to care for a dog. There are so many ways to receive a dog, whether it's a purchase or you're literally driving down the road and the dog walks in front of you and is like, hey, I'm available. And you're going, where'd this dog come from? God put the dog in front of you. <laughs> and you're suddenly taking this dog to the shelter, thinking it goes to someone else. But the dog lets you know, no, really, I'm your dog. I didn't know I was getting a dog. You know, so this is where when we open up to the miracle of connection and the possibility and it's also where we can start to access the BS, people's belief systems. Because many people have a belief that a high-quality animal is going to cost a high dollar. I don't necessarily think that's true. I think the hard work is actually the heart work. Because whether your animal costs $10,000 or $10 for its first shots, right? At the end of the day, and I'll never forget seeing this post about a horse where someone said, a horse will never break your heart. And then in all of the comments, you can see the real horse owners are saying, yeah, until the day they go. Because that's the truth. It's like real animal ownership and not everybody opens their heart to animals in the same way. There, there is, you know, let's not step over neglect, abuse. There is a whole space there, right? But what I'm talking about is the beauty and the possibility of the connection for you and your children and your family as a whole when you embark on the adventure of animal ownership together. Priceless. Would, would you be recommending people get a, a pet for holidays or is it just something that they should really put their mine too and it's a gift that you can present to the family at any time of the year i would recommend that people do the inner work before the outer work and sometimes it happens the other way around like the example i just gave of you're driving down the street and this dog walks in front of you and <laughs> you didn't know you were getting a dog but here you are 
So sometimes it does happen like that. But are the holidays a good time to get an animal? Holidays are often the busiest time of year. Animals, when you take them in, you know, they are very routine oriented for the most part. If you're taking an animal into your home, you're taking them through a transition. You're going to go through a transition to bring an animal home, right? Unless the animal just arrived at your doorstep, right? But even then, suddenly you're thinking about, oh, I've got to feed them in the morning. I've got to feed. What, what shots do they need to get? How do I make sure they aren't carrying diseases, especially indoor, outdoor ones? You know, how do I make sure they don't have fleas, right? What care is involved? And it's very interesting because horses, yes, it's true, are expensive. And I always say, but they're also expansive. And for all of these animals, I feel like if you take a look at the amount of time and the amount of heart that's going to come from that time you spend with them, it's, it's not about the money, right? But it is about the time and it is about, you know, I, I always say, if you're a first-time animal owner, I recommend you start with a cat. And the reason I recommend you start with a cat is because, and you know, because you're a cat owner, the cat will train you how it works. <laughs> They'll let you know how that's going to go. Whereas when you have a dog, you also have this liability and these concerns about, you know, if my dog barks or if my dog bites and how do I control it and training it to sit. And so much of that comes back to understanding, again, your own energy as a reflection of how you're asking for something. And a lot of it is your own knowledge. If you've never had an animal before or never been around dogs, that's going to be a really big jump, even bigger jump with horses because only 0.5% of the American population owns a horse. And many of them don't take care of them. They keep them at a stable. They would have no idea how to trim their hooves, how to give them a shot, how to give them warmer, how to even catch them a lot of the time, right? So I feel like, are the holidays a good time? Is there a better time? You know, there's no right time. There's no wrong time for the gift of animal ownership. And speaking of, one of mine just showed up. Come here, you. This is easy. Hey, yo. The right dog. Isn't he lovely? He's so great. The right time is, is your time. And only you know best. And I think one of the biggest things for people in the holidays, especially people who are alone, or grieving the loss of a pet is to remember that that love of that pet, that opened your heart this wide. And if you've closed it, it's like insulting the gift that that animal gave you. And you're going to understand, I think I think I shared December 22nd, 2022 was the launch of my podcast, but it was also the one year anniversary of our first pony's passing, which was horribly brutal a couple days right before the holiday. I mean, it was awful, right? And it was also at the end of a pet's life, you understand as an owner that the last gift you can give them is to release them from suffering when it's their time, if you come to the space of being asked to do that. So this is where, and I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent here, but recognizing when you take on an animal and this is, again, if you take them on and into your heart and receive the gift of connection that they have to give you, that connection has a full life cycle. It has a beginning, the time that they showed up or that you bought them or brought them home or decided to bring them into your family. This is why the holidays are such an exciting time 
of course, it's also the time the kids are going to ask for the thing that they think would be more exciting than anything. And it might be the time that you would get them a fill in the blank pony, puppy, kitty, <laughs> weird fish from Australia that lives 108 years, right? But what is that? I mean, that's the adventure. We can see it in our children. But why do we say no? No, not right now. My job is too busy. No, not right now. I'm not home enough, right? Instead of seeing the gift that we can pull out this responsibility, this possibility, this connection with our children, with the animal, with us, maybe we need to get out of the house more. Maybe we have our heads down too much working, right? Animals are such a great reflection of where we have gone astray and taking care of ourselves. Because at the end of the day, we are humans, but we are human beings. And the animals remind us how to be. Instead of just do, 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 think, 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 work, 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 meeting, 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 right? This has been a, a really fascinating conversation, Kat. And I know we could probably talk right, a lot longer about animals and the joy that they bring that bring bring to ourselves and to the other people that, that come into their world. Um, one thing I do like to ask on my podcast of podcasters who are women is what tip have you, have you learned through your podcasting that you would like to share with maybe a beginner podcaster or someone just starting out? So, you know, for me, I'm busy, got a lot going on. We talked about that, right? And streamlining my content really helps me a lot. So what I mean by that is when I do a podcast recording, I have started doing them live and I will stream them to social media while I'm doing them. Now, what's great about this is that if it's an interview, say, and it takes me a while to edit it and, you know, get it up, maybe it's going to be part of my batching and it'll be up in a month or two, right? It's already out there for my interviewee to begin to spread the word about it. And the work is, is already out there. Then when it is time to actually publish the podcast, I'll have show notes and I will copy and paste some of those show notes into my weekly email so that my email is already half written, right? So I think that's really helpful. Now, I will say I learned the hard way. There are certain interviews and certain subjects that are not appropriate to stream live to social media. For example, I had three interviewees. This was, um, I've lost a few loved ones to suicide. And I had three guests come on and share stories of losing loved ones to suicide. This was not the space to stream live onto social media. Um, and I ended up pulling it down. But the other side of that is that the healing that came out of those conversations for the interviewees themselves, for their families, for people who are struggling with having lost someone to suicide, immeasurable, absolutely immeasurable. And I recognized Again, this particular content, I needed to learn how to, you know, put a bell in for explicit content. People need to know it's coming. It's not a live stream on social media. So there you go. <laughs> These are great tips. So thank you so much for sharing everything. The adventure paradox, stories about your trip, traveling with animals, talking more about pets and the goodness that they can have in our lives. I I'll have links to all of your places, Kat, in the show notes so people can get your book and listen to your podcast, et cetera. So thank you so much for coming on.
Thank you, Allison. Can I ask you a question? Sure. <laughs> What's your greatest tip for podcasters? My, uh, aside from just starting out, I think it's important. Well, it's really helpful to plan your content so you are never rushing to find an episode for that week. So if you're doing a solo show, have a list of topics that you can talk on. If you're doing an interview show, either have um, interviews lined up that are all in a kind of topic or just have them in your schedule for a few weeks in advance so you're not scrambling at the last minute. I love it. And then since you're doing a long journey to Europe, what are you going to do with your podcast while you're journeying? I'm going to have some episodes ready to go live and I will be recording some, I think, while we're away. Because I'm going to be away, I think, about 12 weeks. So, Oh my gosh, I have so many questions. <laughs> yeah, I definitely like to invite you on our podcast to to talk about your journey either you know as you're preparing for it or maybe in the middle of it or on the other side would be really fun i would love that thank you so much oh well let's wrap this up because it's it's been a long one (laughs) thank you so much Kat. (laughs) thank you allison appreciate you thanks again to Kat for coming on to women who podcast i hope you enjoyed what Kat had to say on a variety of topics. You can check the show notes for links, including where to buy her book. That's it from me. Thank you to all my supporters over on Patreon, Mary Hanlon, Kristen Wilson, and Alice Nichols. If you want to join us, the link is in the show notes. See you the next time. Thank you to my podcast supporters, Mary Hanlon, Kristen Wilson, and Alice Nichols. You too can support the show at Patreon. All links are in the show notes. You've been listening to Women Who Podcast, the podcast for women with something to say.